0: In 2021, I was, you know, this is on the heels of COVID, so I was teaching third through eight guitar, going back in person, but also I was a hybrid teacher, so... I had more responsibilities than I would even before COVID. I was teaching online to students because a lot of students didn't return yeah. to in-person for obvious reasons. And I still had to be there for the in-person kids. So I more or less like stopped having breaks, stopped having lunches at work. You know, it sounds, it sounds kind of sad, but like, you know, I, I would basically deprive myself of some sleep and all of that, while still trying to make some income from gigs, and I started to see success on YouTube. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, what's the feeling? Like a hourglass, uh-huh. like falling? It was that kind of feeling where I'm at work and I'm like, I'm so unhappy. here. I love my students. I, I still have students that reach out and, you know, comment on videos. But like at the, at the time I was going like, you know, YouTube and recording video game music, this is like what my heart wants.
1: Alright, I'll kick it off. So today we are talking with John Oweth, one of the biggest names in the video game cover space. John, thanks for taking the time, man.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me, Josh. I appreciate it. Love all your work, and uh, yeah, hope we have a great conversation.
1: Appreciate it, man. So, I gotta be honest, when I first reached out to you about doing the show, I thought I was gonna just be researching another video game guitarist out there, okay? But your list of accomplishments is, is wild. You have a doctorate of music from ASU. You performed at John McCain's funeral. Now you're covering video game music on YouTube. I mean, you've had a wild ride.
0: Um, I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, now now is the craziest stuff. A lot of times then, it was crazy. Like, the John McCain thing was definitely like a... You know, I've never been around so many Secret Service people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's. I think, honestly, just the world of uh, classical guitar and, you know, trying to maneuver you know, you have all these different uh, streams of income, you know, I was mostly a school teacher, you know, I taught like, you know, I started teaching out of my doctorate, kindergarten, you know, so that was like my day job. Teaching music? Um, Yeah, so I was uh, out of, you know, uh, my last year of my doctorate, I was kind of like having an existential crisis. I think I was like Twenty five or twenty six or something like that, and yeah, I think I was like, oh my god, I'm about to like lose health care. I'm about to turn twenty uh, six, um,
1: right? Because a uh, Cobra,
0: right? Something yeah, in like the that. U.S., that's when you lose health insurance from your parents. So I was like, oh, I need to get like a job that has health insurance. So I became a school teacher and basically gigged after school for. Uh, like six or seven years. So I would do like uh, that John McCain thing. Um, I remember I was te- like calling out of school, like using a sick day to go play for that. <laughs> How did you, well, okay. I want to ask you about that. How did you land that gig? Um, so, uh, I, I'm from, uh, I'm originally from Mississippi, but you know, I th- feel like I've lived in Arizona long enough that I'm like, oh, I'm kind of from Arizona too. Um, so I've played for uh Arizona politicians. Uh, not saying I'm affiliated with any of them, but uh you know, <laughs> gotta earn a paycheck, you know, you gotta provide and that for kind sure, of stuff. For sure. Um so yeah, I played for the, the governor first, who's uh was Doug Ducey at the time and did private gigs for him. Uh, me and uh Andrew Leslie Smith, we had a guitar duo together. And we would... uh,
1: Petrichor duo, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And Andrew's a great friend of mine. Um, He's also an amazing luthier. This guitar over here is built by him. And uh, yeah, we would... uh, (laughs) Man, there's so much fun just like playing gigs with a friend of yours. Especially under high pressure, like those high pressure gigs of playing at the governor's house. Just being like there with your friend like, dude, this is... Is fucking weird. <laughs> like, we're in the governor's house right now, man. Uh, so, I remember we did like a private event for them at their house. Um, and then we did a, a couple other things. Like, we did one for, I think it was like all the Republican governors in the US all came to the house and yeah, there was some personalities for sure, and you guys are just playing. But we're in the just background. there plucking
1: our strings. You are just background music yeah. for in the bar, and and you get to just kind of overhear conversations yeah. and just take in the vibe while you are playing.
0: Yeah, I am not going to disclose any of those, but yeah, the, for yeah, sure, there some funny moments for sure, especially during the the Trump era. <laughs> you know, you can imagine. I bet, man. How long were your sets during one of those things? Well, you know, it would just depend on the gig, but most were over two hours. Uh, you know, kind of background music wallpaper kind of stuff you know so I, th- I think that republican governor one was like three hours um but that, that's how it led to the john mccain uh memorial was uh they had our contact the ducys and uh john mccain passed away and gotcha. i guess we were on their short list but we we did like tons of uh corporate gigs wedding wedding gigs for sure you know that's when it's like All right, here's the moment can't can't fuck it up you know so um the work you did by the way with Andrew and Petra duo is outstanding like I especially that Zach Jones song you guys covered yeah. we um we were I actually all that. roommates me Andrew and Zach we uh, all room we uh, were roommates uh at Arizona State like in a house together and Zach's like man one of best composers best like Musician, he can play "Sweet Child of Mine" by Guns N' Roses on piano solo and all. <laughs> no, no practicing. He's it, it, a, a genius.
1: Do you miss those days of performing alongside someone and collaborating, or do you being a solo act?
0: Well, it's it's hard. Like you know, I, honestly, I don't know if I'd do it with anybody other than Andrew. Like we we uh, we went to ASU together and became friends in the guitar studio under uh, Frank Koontz. Um. He moved out from Texas and I moved out from Mississippi and just became quick friends. And, you know, honestly, I learned a lot uh, just working together, you know, certain things with video, recording, uh, even, you know, of course, like collaborating, things like that.
1: During your Petracord days. Yeah, yeah.
0: And we, we still played guitar like we see each other like every few weeks or so
1: oh still to this day you guys still hang out and still in close contact oh yeah yeah for sure
0: yeah he's my luthier so like if i have like any guitar problem he's got me hooked up and you know that's amazing man and it's
1: really convenient to have one of your best friends as your luthier i am envious
0: uh, cer- certainly uh financially
1: <laughs> i want to get into the video game stuff and the youtube stuff uh, i've got a lot of questions yeah. um you have a lot of fans especially cats in my community they they all know you very well but before I do I want to talk about some of your your albums uh, your pre-VGM albums because mm-hmm. I know your dissertation uh, focused on the loot works of Vincenzo Galilei mm-hmm. which is like Galileo's father I didn't know that and you later recorded your album is that Fronimo? yeah Fronimo yeah I listened to all 26 tracks of that really um, a couple times actually I listened to it when I was driving listened to it when I was working And then I know in 2018, right, you kickstarted and later recorded Castles of Spain, in a tribute to uh, Federico Moreno Taroba. And I listened to that one from start to finish, too. Bangers. So what inspired you <laughs> to take on such a challenging project?
0: Uh, you know, I kind of am a guy that I go like if I have inspiration, that is where I'm going. And I've found that that's like where I'm most productive is if okay, I have inspiration, go towards it chase that uh, feeling. Um, With Fronimo, I gotta admit, that was something that was kind of a slow burn. I had worked on those, I think, for eight years or so. I started in my master's working on a prospectus, which would be like the lead up to a dissertation um, so i decided to pursue that in my doctoral degree and so yeah. that album was eight years in the making ish yeah i think i before i recorded the arrangements i think they were like six years old the arrangements um i i, I think i mentioned that I an existential crisis <laughs> so uh, i like kind of finished all my coursework and was like dude i need a break i've been in college for guitar for like 7 8 years or so for sure um but what they do is they charge you after the fact so if you don't finish your dissertation you get charged like 1500 a uh, semester just to keep your degree in progress if you don't your degree your degree is kaput wow so i was like dude i need to finish this so i stop losing money <laughs>
1: How long um, did your crisis last or how long did you have to kind of just keep it floating until you were finished? Well,
0: the existential crisis eventually ended when I got a job. Like it it was very like financial uh, focused. You know, I was like, how am I going to make a career from playing guitar? What have I been doing? I even had like a crisis in terms of profession. in because I even when I was in high school, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a college teacher. I'm going to be a college guitar teacher because all of my idols, my favorite people, my mentors are my teachers and they're college teachers. So like I had this kind of trajectory of like, that's my goal. And then I had, you know, through going to school and being like teaching assistants and that kind of thing, you know, you, I learned that that is not actually what I want. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I taught like uh, ear training um, at University of Memphis um, and at Arizona State, like coached ensembles and guitar lessons and, you know, basically the things that like a faculty member would do, but many less hours. And yeah, I realized that is not what I want to do. And then I was going, and it's competitive, you know, so it's like all these bad things. And I'm like, do I even really want that? For sure. And that's what made—and, and, you know, I'm just going like, you know, if you don't want that, what can you do?
1: I think you, one of your first videos—I can't remember. I mean, you used to record a lot of your um, performances in college, I think, right? in a, mm-hmm. You were in an auditorium. Did you decide to post those just for— the views or did you just do it as sort of an archive of things that I've accomplished in my life?
0: Uh, I definitely, uh, had multiple reasons for, uh, each video, um, that I did early. I, I think I've been on YouTube sporadically for 15 plus years, something like that. Um, and a lot of the videos I had in college, w- they would function some as, uh, audition materials. Many, many of them functioned as that. Um, I got into University of Memphis and Arizona State just sending uh, video files. Oh, okay. Um, I, I couldn't even afford to like... F- <laughs> fla- I don't think I'd flown in an airplane until I was like 25 or some shit. Oh, wow. So I'd, like, I like I drove out to Arizona. <laughs> I'd never like flown before. Um, so, you know, that was a way that I could audition for colleges because I needed uh, like... Uh, teacher I needed a, a basically an assistantship like for tuition um and income and but I couldn't afford to like apply everywhere and fly everywhere and play in person. So the video files was like a way that I could go, oh not only can I have a permanent record of this work that I did, like learning a piece, having all these lessons and all of that it's a record of that and but also I used it for, uh, auditioning and yeah
1: and your early video game stuff too I mean you were covering video game music you were you know first to market in that regard but you weren't posting very consistently right you were posting every once in a while
0: Mm-mm.
1: were those just for again for yourself or were we actually doing those to build an audience at the time because I know it was a long time ago
0: yeah that was certainly not audience building um, I never I, I posted video game covers Something around, like, 2009, 2008, right. maybe? I have I have a lot of unlisted videos. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I'm talking, like, unmade bed, plates on the floor. <laughs> uh, you know, blinds with, like, blinds hanging off. You know, it's like, all right. I just, as, as a classical musician playing, like, for politicians at a certain point, I was like, okay, maybe I need to private some of these. <laughs> they had like thousands of views and then I private them. I didn't see views as like, oh, I'm an entertainer and these are my audience members and they could become fans of mine and they just liked the songs I put out. Yeah, You know, I more looked at it as like a, oh, I'm just on on YouTube, but, you know, eventually, (laughs) but my goal is to be like a college uh, professor or something. I, I didn't really consider myself an entertainer shit until I I didn't like come to terms with that until it's like 25, 26. Like, I know that sounds so strange, but I played guitar for me. I look back and go like, man, if I had started back then, what could I have been? And all these kinds of things. But not only would I have been a much different person and a much different player if I had not gone to college, I, I just don't think I even had just like the knowledge of the world or things like that of like even just like (laughs) looking at views or view counts and stuff back then feels way different now where I feel like now I I don't know I try to have like a more of an appreciation like if there's a just a one view on that video that is a a person that hopefully enjoyed what I made yeah at the end of the day
1: advice would you give to other guitarists and
0: musicians out there looking to start a youtube channel today hmm. it's a it's a hard question because like if you if you want to start a youtube channel and you're just like i'm not sure what i want to make you should do some introspection or just make a video the 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 barrier to entry has never been like smaller in terms of like content every a lot of people have phones not everybody but most people have a phone like with a decent camera. Yeah. Like, I think my phone can shoot 8K. It's like, yeah, Jesus. Like, you know, and the uh, I don't know if the mics are as good, but it's much better than it used to be on like the iPhone one, you know, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So I think like the barrier entry is so small that, you know, I think a lot of people what holds them back is just, oh, I don't I don't want to be cringe or I, I don't want to. I don't know. I don't I don't wanna put my heart into something and then it not getting the return I think it deserves. And then that's a shitty feeling. So I, I would say first, like, <laughs> if you just wanna like try out something, just do it and see what happens. You can delete it later. It's yeah. not a big deal. You can always delete something if you're not comfortable with your product or if it didn't get the reception that you maybe desired. Um, but I think like introspection in terms of, like, your passions, your strengths. Um, something I, re- I remember thinking about, um, I thought about this, like, after I started video game music, but it was kind of just, like, I don't know, like, business thought is, like, um, or you're familiar with, like, a Venn diagram. Yeah. Where it's, like... The two circles. The, yeah, exactly. So you have, like, circles, and then the thing where it's interlinked, the, that's the thing that they share. So like a couple categories or like what can you, in en- a circle would be like, what can you envision yourself doing often and not getting sick of it? That's a big one. <laughs> that is a <laughs> yeah. gigantic one for YouTube. Um, Another one would be like, okay, where, where are my strengths? Okay, where are the, my strengths that I recognize as well as other people can recognize I- in you? Another thing would, you know, The fact of the world is things run on money too. Can I? Is this profitable? Would this be good for me? You know, I'm I'm a I'm 32. I want to have a family one day. You know, I want to be able to take care of my kids, and that includes like you know that that I that other people are like that too. You know, or they want to retire one day. You know, or they want to be able to get food at the grocery store without like just. Checking their bank balance, right? You know, it's it's essential things to life. Um, so, like thinking of Venn diagram of those. There's probably some other uh, things, but that center will be usually the thing you should focus on. The truth is, man, I am not an expert by any means. <laughs> not like I honestly, a lot of the success that I've had is luck, and that's even prior to video game music. You know, and that's luck in terms of having a mom that got me guitar lessons when I was in high school. That's luck on, yeah, again, just having a supportive mom that's like, you know, are you sure you don't want to become like a doctor or something? You know, like, <laughs> I, I I have humble roots, Mississippi, not a ton of money, you know, so like her you know just being super encouraging of like guitar playing is you know I reflect on it just like dude, that's kind of crazy she's just an amazing mom she comments on all my videos <laughs> you wow, know that's awesome that dude. like you know that that's luck so as far as like creating on YouTube just uh, it sounds cringe but yeah do what you're passionate about um I think uh I think it's mr beast always gives the same ad- same advice but i think it's like i think it's the best advice is like make a hundred videos you know and and you learn with each one Absolutely. if you just try to make each one better than the last you'll you'll generally improve I, I look back at videos that i made like three years ago and i'm like what the hell was i doing same here, <laughs> you know i think i made a hundred videos or so before i had a thousand subscribers
1: Totally. So over the last three years, you've released 10 video game albums, and you average around 100,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Many musicians in my community, and especially those in the video game cover space, they're frustrated right now with the lack of options out there for music distribution. They're kind of torn between services like Lander and SoundDrop and Mm. DistroKid. Everyone is curious, though which distribution service you use and what you would recommend for fellow video game cover artists.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, SoundDrop is buying, a, like, far away the, the best for if you're doing, like, covers. Um, the negative would be if, you know, they, they take 15%. And, and keep in mind, these are, these are all companies at the end of the day. They are out to get your money, you know, straight up. So you, you, you're, you basically just want to see, okay, which one is the best uh, for you? Distro kid charges I think like a twelve dollar per cover song, but you get to keep all the 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 royalties right so you pay an annual fee for that cover song so th- those are the two that I float between if I feel like you know album or a track is you know gonna meet that threshold of being. More profitable, paying the twelve hundred and or the twelve dollars and keeping the royalties, then I'll go with that. You know. Okay, so you you bounce between SoundDrop and Distrokid yeah, on a regular but, basis, but SoundDrop is, I think, much better than, you know, just it, it's it's a lot safer if you are releasing cover songs. Um, with Distrokid, you'll get locked into paying uh, yearly fees, while SoundDrop, you know, it's you have a fifteen percent, but you I think it's like a dollar to release a track. Right. You know,
1: a lot of the cats that I know that use SoundDrop, they've had a lot of trouble with them recently. It might just be a temporary thing, but a lot of them get uh, the re- delays on their releases or just no response. And that's kind of been an issue lately. Really?
0: Yeah, I, I haven't run into that, except it, you know, I think they it takes them a little bit longer to get releases out. Um, I'd say like two weeks or so. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, I wanted to make sure I asked you that because they had all uh, pinged me. They all im to me to make sure that I asked you that mm-hmm. in this studio. Yeah. I'm not sponsored by any of them, so,
0: you know, <laughs> I have no, no skin have in the game. You have quite a
1: bit of sponsorships, though, and I did want to ask you about some of those. I know that you are sponsored by your, your strings, right? You got uh, a sponsorship through Augustine. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've been uh, sponsored by Augustine for, man, I think it's been like six or so years now that they're – oh geez yeah i i um uh, won let's see 48 packs of strings at like a, a guitar competition and like <laughs> you know that that would be like 480 dollars worth of strings or something like that that's awesome dude yeah yeah that was a godsend um especially at the time like broke musician man yeah um and yeah I fell in love with the strings like they're amazing strings i think i got posted something on instagram tagged them and they reached out and yeah just asked if like if i'd be sponsored so that's awesome dude.
1: yeah i actually only use augustine's myself and i'm pretty sure along the way i saw that you use them too and i'm like okay this is this is why they're good i'm gonna stick with them you had solidified that decision to go with them yeah i use uh the gold pack so yeah okay the um, I use the blue how does the gold differentiate from the blue? I want to use the blue high
0: tensions I forget. I think I have a blue. Uh, honestly, I forget the packages. Okay. Uh, I know the purple is High tension and then the gold is normal tension So <laughs> Maybe the blue is like medium so you're using <laughs> normal tension. Yeah, I use normal tension uh, I've had some bad experiences with high uh, tension and it hitting like nerves in my fingers
1: Okay, yeah, so
0: that's interesting yeah, just can't to be honest with you speaking of of strings and I would be
1: remiss if I didn't ask you about your guitar tone because listening to your playing is like <laughs> being wrapped in a warm blanket oh. with a hot cup of tea by a roaming fireplace <laughs> uh, I wrote that in advance <laughs> just so you know where do you record all your music and what tips do you have for someone recording classical guitar
0: to improve your sound mm, uh, so I, I record behind me <laughs> so you know if you see all this foam this cuz this echoey uh uh room I, it's just to uh, cancel out the reverberations um and then i add reverb in, in post um as far as tone like you know i think at the you know at the onset you have to get your tone good before you record <laughs> you know so at, at least that that's for me i i mean it depends on who you talk to but i i do minimal Like processing, I just add reverb and uh, compressor.
1: Uh, Right. So, so you try to get your sound as close to how you want it in pre, uh, and do as little in post as possible. Yeah.
0: Honestly, just because that's where my training is. Like, like I'm not trained in uh, in uh, like audio recording, audio production. I'm not trained in video production. These are like just little things I picked up you know but what I am trained in is like guitar performance so I'm like okay if I can get that as good as I can get then it'll pick up the slack other way uh, elsewhere you know it sounds to me then
1: that your tone really comes from your fingernails and just your playing and very little to do with anything else yeah I
0: that's what I go for like these are nice mics I'm like dude i if anything I feel like if I go into EQ I'm gonna screw up the good mics <laughs> you know for sure um, for sure so yeah i think uh as far as tone you know these things go a long way these are nail buffers um yeah getting like a good nail shape that you don't have like any pullback that your finger just flows through the string um some long-term kind of things if 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 you're a gu- uh, probably a guitarist listening to this like some long-term things that really help tone or planting Uh, which is preparing your uh, finger on the string between your nail and your flesh and just always landing in the same spot. That was a game changer for me in terms of tone, just because you get a a consistent tone because you're always landing in the same uh, spot on your finger. Pumping Nylon is a great book that talks about planting and uh, a bunch of exercises uh, for that.
1: The, um, the microphones that you use
0: yeah these are uh neumann tlm 102s kind of broke the bank a little bit <laughs> but uh those have been your go to for a long time i did fronimo and uh castles of spain on neumann k184s i think that's what they are um me and andrew went half seas on those and uh yeah just we both like used them when we needed them Um, And then I wanted, I got these um, before the Final Fantasy album because I wanted, I just wanted to experiment with, I think it's called like a larger diaphragm uh, condenser mic.
1: In your experience, because you have a lot of experience recording, how much uh, impact on the sound do microphones have from like the higher price point ones to the more mid to
0: the lower? Let's see. So I used... um, In my opinion, a a decently big one, but I think there's like mid-range. I was, dude, I was recording albums on a Zoom uh, video camera. I don't know if you're familiar with these, but it's like a just all-in-one cam with like two little mics sticking out of it. I I recorded two or three albums back like 10 years ago with those. Um, And I think you can hear a a big difference between uh, those and what I currently use. But, okay. but, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, the performance, the emotion, your feeling, like, that is the thing that transcends, you know, you, you can have a shitty mic, but if you have, like, a star performance filled with emotion, like, that carries. A non-musician isn't going to, like, be- scoff, you know, they'll, they'll feel the emotion, you know.
1: I think you you prove that every time you release a video, honestly, because your sound does set you apart. A lot of guys in my community are also creators, and everyone always wonders, like, dude, how is John Oweth able to release <laughs> so many tunes so often? And, like, high-quality stuff, too. I mean, you're not just, you know, putting your iPhone on them, I and you can tell that you spent a lot of time arranging and recording this track, and then you, you take it outside, you know, and then you've you are got the whole production outside on location, and it looks fantastic. Like, how are you able to... Make time for all of that, and with so many quality releases on a given month.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the straight up the biggest thing is I'm very privileged. Like uh, I have loyal patron supporters that straight up fund me, so I have more time to do it. Many people work full time jobs and they just can't have that output. It, it is reality that I, I'm just so privileged. Like I remember. When I was a school teacher, gigging and doing video game music, you you can see in like uh, a lot of the songs I put out, like 2021, I have like depression weight loss, you know, because I'm working too hard, you know, where my health is suffering, suffering. So I think burnout, like affects like tons of YouTubers. I, I, a lot of times I'll just see like the thumbnails come up of like YouTuber burnout, you know, and yeah, and that kind of thing that I think it is a pervasive problem on YouTube with a lot of people. For me, I haven't experienced that doing video game music at all. If anything, I felt it when I do other stuff. Um, so when I was teaching, I was really burnt out like, oh my God, what if this time that I'm using right now, what if this was me working on tracks that that I'm desperately wanting to work on you know that was the the burnout that I was feeling um as far as like burnout with playing you know sometimes yeah you you need to touch some grass like (laughs) sitting in front of a computer with a guitar in your hand sometimes you know you need to live life um and a lot of times I think a lot of times uh the burnout is caused from you know, you're, you're focused on something you need to, to have a little bit more variety. Um, um, and then the other thing I would just say is like, dude, just take a break. A lot of people don't know to take a break and they'll just throw themselves grind set mindset. I'm doing it, you know, and they'll run themselves in the dirt. And I'm speaking from experience, For sure. you know, that, uh, I think taking a break and, uh, do have uh, Something that's helped me is also having a backlog. So s- having like certain things in development um, at different stages of development, for instance, like having videos filmed but not edited, you know, that allows me to have, uh, you know, it's not like a totally finished product, but I can finish this just with a little bit of work, you know, instead of like starting at zero each time. Okay. I think that can... Uh, cause somebody to maybe burn out instead of like me I like to jump around a lot you know from song to song I'll do a little bit here a little bit there
1: how many songs do you have in the production pipeline right now let's say um at some stage of progress
0: um I think I have around 40 arrangements that are just not recorded yet and I think around like 20 videos that are filmed but not edited
1: that's crazy.
0: Not all of them are good. not all of them are good. that that's uh, something that I've developed is or that I think is important is quality control. you know a lot of the I say 40 arrangement like but be, just being straight up, probably about 10 or ass. <laughs> so it's like I you know I might not use them so and that's okay. like I I, I have one. Uh, from Goldeneye, oh. 7 for the N sixty four. Oh, right. That I did, I think, in twenty twenty, and it's still a PDF in my uh, you know, to do folder. <laughs>
1: which know, so uh, which tune is it? I was a big fan of. that It's a game.
0: Mission Select.
1: Okay, it's, yeah. Yeah, this is this one when you're on the folders, right? The folders screen. <laughs> yeah. And so that that you're saying that arrangement, that video will probably never see the light of day, or you think you'll eventually? No, do it might
0: it? one day um i think i had a conscious thought when i was this i think i finished that one in 2020 but i had a conscious thought of like okay what music do i want to do like for instance you could do video game music but there's you know hype video game music there's also ambient video game music there's you know relaxing is uh usually what i gravitate towards so like uh you know, maybe 60 BPM to like 80 BPM, somewhere around there, uh, slow, mid-tempo.
1: Mention that you are totally open to using and you frequently use alternate tunings, capos in your arrangement. I've heard from you know various guitarists and guys that have been on the show how they're, they'll try to keep things in a standard tuning for their audience. Or And I know myself, like I, I do the same thing. I got some feedback really early on in my YouTube journey from guitarists that were like, oh man, why did you have to tune this two steps down? So I started at that point just trying to you know, keep things in really standard tuning so people get paid with the guitar. But you uh, you use, you're open to anything. So how has that sort of, uh, I guess, impacted your workflow? Or do you find more enjoyment in using those types of tunings and strategies for your arrangements?
0: Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, I don't use it as like a, like, okay, I'm going to start with this tuning. Like, I usually, you know, will start in standard tuning. Certain things will kind of make you think, oh, maybe this might work better in drop D. For instance, if the key's in D. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you can get a low uh, octave D that like the fourth string open just doesn't kick, uh, you know. So I, I think with tunings and capo use, it's all in the service of trying to play the the piece in the original key. Um, I have seen a YouTube video. It sounds so dumb. And I don't know, if even if it's like f- scientifically factual, but it's, some, it's where I uh, had this arrangement ideal of playing a song in the original key. Uh, all the arrangements I put out are in the original key. And it's from this guy that would just do on the street interviews and say, sing your favorite song. Mm. And each of them sang in the exact same key even though they hadn't heard the song in a while, you know, so it just makes me think that, like, that being that song being in the same key, it maybe would trigger a memory or maybe nostalgia of that song, or if they've heard that song before, it would trigger it way uh, more effectively than a song in a different key. Yeah. So those are like kind of the ideas uh, with tunings um, and uh, capo use. And the other thing I just got to be straight up it is so fun to play in different keys that aren't like E minor, E major, G major. It's nice to like hear it. Sometimes you'll be using a capo, but it'll be in G major. Yeah. But auditory it's it's in a different key. You know, you're getting different sonorities um than you're used to hearing on guitar.
1: I bet that's more freeing for you too as a, a, in the creative process just being able to experiment with different tunings and use a capo whereas I've been kind of I feel like I feel boxed in having to keep things in just playable keys those few playable keys that are on guitar that take advantage of open strings so
0: and that that feeling that you're describing is so good like that that to me is how you make uh just idiomatic playing on the guitar um but you know it's like uh, you know, again, when I use a capo, I might be playing in G major, but it'll be like, oh, this has an, a different effect. A lot a lot of classical guitars do not use capos at all. You know, it, it'll just all be no capo, most of it in, uh, you know, similar keys. Um, and and again, all that's well and good. These, these are all just ideals that uh, I bring to the arrangement.
1: Regardless of key and capo, one of the things that really stands out about your arrangements is they're super playable on guitar like a good way to put it is like they're pure like they are meant to be played on guitar and that's one of the things that's so enjoyable about them because i've picked up a few of your arrangements uh in the past even before i started my channel and i just i always enjoyed playing your arrangements over like it's it's hard like with sam griffin stuff as, as much as i love it it's very difficult to play and it would take me i mean literally months to like learn how to play one of his versus yours like it was so much more um easy to pick up and play not that it was simple but it was just much more enjoyable if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah i that's how i ap- approach arranging oftentimes is i mean first off does it feel good to play <laughs> straight off it's like a lot of th- times if it's like arduous to play you maybe made like an arranging decision that you maybe should rethink in Sam Griffin's case, dude, he's an all-star player and can tackle it and do it effectively. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and that's awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, a lot of times when I arrange, like I've got my doctorate in guitar. If I'm struggling with it, there's usually a problem in the arrangement. Am I expecting all of my audience to have doctoral degrees in performance? performing guitar it's like you, you can't have that expectation with that said you know I have a lot of hard songs that <laughs> that were really difficult to play so you know I try to do a, a, a mix my songs are more approachable for sure and yeah that's kind of what I go to like uh, that's how I arrange is do you want to play a song that's just like unwieldy no, I like to play a song that feels good to play. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> totally. I've, I, you can go to some videos of mine where I'm playing, you know, hardest pieces in the repertoire. Uh-huh. A mistake a lot of people do is they go, oh, I can play a hard piece. And then they just play hard pieces. It's dumb. It is dumb. You, you go and see professional guitarists. They play a hard piece and then they play Lagrima next. For sure. Where do you see
1: yourself, your YouTube channel? and the video game cover niche as a whole over the next five to ten years?
0: You know, so for myself, uh, for five to ten years, um, I I love what I do now. I think I have a, shit, to be honest, I have like, probably like six or seven years of like content I would love to do. People are, are always messaging me like, certain songs that i'm like i I will do that because i love that song song so much (laughs) and like i will do it it just might be in like five years (laughs) (laughs) one of those is like sanctuary of Zaita from final fantasy 11 that's like a song i love that i get requested a ton and yeah each time i'm like oh i I will do that one um so certain projects i would really like to complete i really want to do a chrono cross album i've sketched out the whole thing it's like 40 tracks long or so um i just need to basically just finish arrangements but they're all in like skeletal uh kind of forms um yeah I've, that's like the next probably like big big project i want to do but i'd love to do that i'd love to like uh i've been think tooling around with uh doing some songs with my wife who's a uh, trained singer um Yeah, we're thinking about doing the Harpy song from Baldur's Gate 3. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's like a siren kind of song. Um, And we may even do, like, you know, I'm not held to video game music. Like, I I think I may do some things outside of video game music, such as uh, my wife's from Panama. uh, So Spanish is her first language. So we've thought about just doing some Spanish songs Um, would be a ton of fun. And yeah, even uh, I'd like to do more streams for sure, um, just because I think that's like a—it's a way to like connect with your your audience that you can't do. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's just be honest. We, oh, you and me, both play instrumental music. There's less of a instant connection with that compared to vocal music. Yeah. Um. So you know, live streams are a really good way to uh, make up for that. And like, yo, you can. You can hear me talk, I'm a real person. I'm not just like <laughs> the guy with some nails on his finger playing some strings, you know. So I'd like to do uh, that a lot more. Um, as far as the space, I think uh, there's tons of like room to do like tons of different ideas and, and things. Uh, like somebody could uh, bring their different strengths to the table, things like video production um, doing like cool shoots in certain areas um, that maybe would look different than like a desk setup. But as far as the the space, I think even like this, what you're doing right now, like that, that's something I could definitely see in like five, 10 years. People love just hearing musicians talk to each other, you know, yeah. but a lot of times we're introverts or something.
1: You know? We are, yeah. And uh, to your point, I mean, uh, when I interviewed Nathan Mills from Beyond the Guitar, he expressed the same uh, uh, thing where it's, difficult to connect with your audience just through playing it's you can only connect so much you can only uh, say so much with your instrument there's only so much you can do with a guitar video like what you do with your live streams um, connecting with your audience and just talking in between songs even i don't know how your retention is talking about youtube analytics for a second but Oh you know, in the first 30 seconds <laughs> first 30 seconds of a video like, like just a guitar video the majority of people have already tuned out whereas like if you're talking or if you're telling a story the engagement is already improving It just yeah, talking has such a leg up in terms of engagement versus playing you know
0: oh, oh yeah 100% uh, somebody I can think of on YouTube that does that really well um, A lot. Of, uh, I'm not a, a Spanish speaker but uh, uh, Paola Hermosen on YouTube she's a big mm. uh, guitar content creator. And I think she will do a full, you know, full versions of songs, not partial, but she'll do them like like it'll be like a 10-minute video and then she'll start playing at like the 5-minute mark. The first I think 5 minutes a lot of times is just educational. She'll be like talking about the song that she's about to play. Um maybe even like here's what I've been doing and yeah. that that's the video. So it's like she's not just showing Here's a piece I'm playing. She's showing. Here's me, and I'm playing this piece. It's a it's a, a different kind of mindset, I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. You mentioned recording in different areas. I know that you record many of your guitar videos outdoors, and it's one of the, one of the things that sets you apart from a lot of the other cats here on YouTube. And you know, I know from experience just how production intensive that is versus just shooting in a studio where you can control the lighting and things can you take us through your process a little bit for shooting on location? And, and do you, do you do it all yourself or do you have any help?
0: Yeah. So, um, a little background on like just shooting outside is, you know, I would do gigs and in Arizona, honestly, like most of the gigs are outside and we would always get like comments like, Oh my God, these, the strings are just magnificent. It's the perfect <laughs> music for I'm trying to, think like a a wine mom or something (laughs) i was doing background (laughs) music or something like oh my god it just sounds so great out here in this with this sunset you know so you know that that was i think like the origin origin of like thinking okay what if i film this uh like this song outside It, it feels like it matches the atmosphere of uh many of the songs i like to play I had a friend of mine, Neil Schwartz, in Arizona, or in Phoenix specifically. Need any work? Super good friend of mine. Hit him up. Um, Him and a friend of his, Chance Martin, shot a video um, for, uh, it was, I think, the Andante from uh, the Toroba Sonantina. And shot it for free. Dope dudes. And we shot it outside, and man, just the final result was like, man, this just feels like it. It's like a, a marriage of just video and audio. It's hard to say, but the environment feels inspired from music and vice versa. Um, so as far as like uh, process and that kind of thing, my, my wife is uh, a big help with that kind of thing is like not just help in person, but also help in choosing locations, she a lot of times drives because <laughs> I'm like, you know, she she basically takes a lot of the load off of me with on-location uh, shoots. Things like finding the location, I'd say at least 90% of the locations I shoot at she's filmed. And then she would also shoot uh, many of the videos. Um, I think about last year she shot, I think, I think the whole year almost um, on a gimbal. Um. Okay. So we we were ex- experimenting like with moving shots and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm a real big fan of um. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm sure anybody that's into photography and videography, please don't cringe at me. Like, I'm a real big fan of like depth. So things like if you're shooting. Like, what's in the full foreground, background, midground? Like, where yeah. do you sit in the shot?
1: And the bokeh. That to
0: me is exactly like that's yeah. the thing that i'm like oh man i look at it and i'm like that is a dope just yeah. setting so i i try that's what i try to look for when we're looking for a like specific uh spot is like can i highlight things in the foreground because otherwise just everything's flat if everything's the same distance away from the lens um but yeah so uh she's fallen in like kind of bad health um the last like year or so uh those of you that are Loyal stream watchers uh, probably know some of the the details, but her her health has uh, not been the best the last year. Um, Man, I'm so sorry. So to I, hear I've that. started doing like, yeah. Thanks. She's she's recovering, and we'll get answers. Uh, but yeah, she she'll yeah yeah. I just being straight up, the autonomy that Patreon and YouTube gives me is like like I, I don't know what i would do if i was still a teacher working two jobs and i had a ill wife for a, a year it has given me the ability to care for those that i love i guess like uh, just in terms of time right right um yeah that's uh, honestly like jesus it, it's it's one of those things that you know it's hard for me to imagine Like this this past year has been really hard for us, like a lot of losses and that kind of stuff. That's like, man, if I had to deal with these kinds of things while stressed for time, it would be like I would be stretched so thin as well as deteriorating deteriorating relationships and that kind of stuff.
1: Gotcha. So Um, being being a full-time creator uh, has actually given you more work-life balance and given you more freedom to... Uh, care for others and do things outside of YouTube. So like being a full-time creator has actually improved your life.
0: Oh, certainly not, not just in like artistic creativity sense, but certainly in work-life balance. Um, Yeah. And I think it's in general just made me a a way more like calmer and individual. Um, You know, (laughs) I, I think I taught like kindergarten through eighth grade uh for 6 years and you know just thinking man i think i had like classes of around like 30 and then that you know eight or so classes a day i think i'd probably see a thousand kids a week you know it it's a a very uh <laughs> stressful environment that I think like just having a more calmer environment it, it, even that has improved my uh, mood and personality and things like that
1: yeah you were talking about the there was a stretch of videos for a while where you said that you could point you could point back to where you were you were super stressed out and you are really yeah, stretched yeah I, I
0: in 2021 uh, I was uh, you know this is on the heels of COVID so um, I was teaching third through eight guitar yeah. And going back in person but also I was a hybrid teacher so I had more responsibilities than I would even before COVID I was teaching online to students because a lot of students uh, didn't return yeah. to in person for obvious reasons <laughs> and uh, I still had to be there for the in person kids so I more or less like stopped having breaks stopped having lunches at work and all of that while still trying to make some income from gigs, which uh, there weren't as many because it was after COVID, but they started returning around that time, and I started to see success on YouTube. So you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, uh, what's the feeling like? A hourglass, uh. like falling. It was that kind of feeling where I'm at work and I'm like, I'm so unhappy. here. I love my students. I I still have students that reach out and you know comment on videos. But, like, at the, at the time, I was going, like, you know, YouTube and recording video game music, this is, like, what my heart wants. But I was very minimal time. So I, you know, it sounds it sounds kind of sad, but, like, you know, I, I would basically deprive myself of some sleep. I'm not suggesting anyone do that. that that's sure. some bullshit. Don't do that. Sure. But <laughs> that is what I did to try to uh, balance... What I was inspired to do, and also my responsibilities, you know, financially, you know.
1: So you were stretched really thin because it was right after COVID. You had to balance in-person and remote students. You and then your had your channel was taking off after Final Fantasy Guitar Collection. It was you know mm-hmm. probably hit millions of views, took a couple million views by that point. So you knew that you had to keep going to grow the channel. So you were kind of burning the kennel at both ends.
0: Yeah, I, I can look back at. 2021 videos, and like I basically just had like a depression weight loss. You know, I think I was under 150 pounds. Like, I I hadn't hit that, and like I had no idea, man, ages before. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, not something to be proud of. Nobody should like put themselves under that kind of stress for that. But you know, I think at that time, on you know, that was that was a very unique time that you know, it was very hard for me and my wife particularly
1: I'm so happy to hear that it,
0: it paid off
1: and it's a it's a very inspiring success story for <laughs> guitarists and creators to know that yeah if you stay the course and if you continue to put out quality content the way that you have and continue to contribute you will eventually potentially be able to mm. turn it into something a little bit more full time and more sustaining so you can kind of move away from the other stuff
0: yeah and and gotta s- just throw that out that I'll- you know, luck is a big part of it. You know, with talk Bank about like algorithms and stuff. You know, I'd put out like 100 videos before I saw a 1,000 subscribers. You know, who knows? One of those could have taken off, you know. Yeah. The whole YouTube algorithms, like this ambiguous kind of thing that I think when I was at that time, I saw like the stats and I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. Like this might actually be a, a possibility while before it was just purely just artistic pursuit.
1: Awesome, man. I appreciate you taking the time twice today to, to sit and chat with me. Thanks for rolling with all these technical difficulties. Dude. I really appreciate it. I'm a yeah, big no fan worries. of yours for a long time.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And, yeah, I'm a big fan of your work as well, man. All right, cut.